Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift of another day of life. Lord, each one is such a precious thing you entrust to us. Lord God, we pray that the seconds, that the hours, that the minutes of this day, Lord God, that we would devote them to you. Lord, and that it would not end when this day rolls over into tomorrow, but that it would continue. That we would live our lives for you, moment by moment. Lord God, we entrust these next few minutes, Lord, in which we are engaged in wrestling with your scriptures to you, Lord. Speak to us. Give us open hearts and minds, Lord, to hear you speaking, to receive the transformation which you offer to us, to be released of burdens, to be freed from sin, and to be raised to eternal life. Lord God, we pray that you would give us humble and obedient hearts. Give me your word to speak to your people and give us all your word to speak to one another and to this world. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It's so spectacular to see you all today. Well, I brought with me my prop. I got my watch. Right? And what do you have a watch for? What do you guys have a watch for? Keeping time, right? Yeah, I mean, lots of people have supplanted these with cell phones or, I guess, other things. But, um, yeah, they're useful for keeping time. And I, I feel like mine has slowed down over the years. Right? Because it used to be there never, it used to be that things took forever. Right? Maybe mine sped up. My watch is sped up. Because when I was a kid, I felt like I waited all the time. Right? All the time I was waiting for something. Right? I was waiting for summer to come. Right? For school to be over. Sorry, you teachers out there. I know you all love teaching all the time. (laughs) Teachers want to be done too, yeah. Especially when they had me in their class, they wanted it to be over. Uh, waiting for friends to come over, right, when you were little. Oh my goodness, like, when are they going to be here? Waiting for your younger sibling to catch up, right? Waiting for your next birthday. Waiting till you were an adult. Remember that feeling when you were a kid? How much you wanted to be old? So you could do, like, drive a car or do whatever. You know, make your own decisions, things like that. Waiting for the next movie to come out, waiting for dad to get home. Right? I feel like I've spent a lot of time with this one. Because we'd wait for dinner till dad got home, and I swear I was gonna die on the floor. <laughs> right? I cannot possibly wait. I can't wait another minute. And he would, you know, give us a we'd call and Dad, when are you coming home? When are you coming home? In just a minute. What did that mean? Whenever he got there, right? That's what it meant. Because a minute could mean, like, there's some time-space continuum that his minutes existed in that was not the same time-space continuum we, we occupy, right? It could be hours. It felt like days, right? And so you're getting, so finally he shows up, we're all <gasps> so excited, ready for the meal and everything together, barely able to keep it together during grace, right? Felt like I was going to pass out, so hungry. Right, waiting, Waiting, it seemed like so much of life was waiting. Now I feel like life is rushing around. There is no waiting, right? Because it's always like the next thing and the next thing, and there's so much to do. I feel like I never have enough time. As a kid, I just had time. To, I, I would have given away time to anything if it got me closer to my next fun thing I was going to do. But that idea of waiting, that idea of patiently waiting for something, 
is very present in our passage from Paul's letter to the Romans. We have this amazing description of the faith of Abraham. And in particular, Abraham is known for waiting, for being patient for God's plan. So you'll remember, Abraham is a guy who the Lord plucks out of obscurity. I mean, it just out of nowhere, God just says, okay, you're my guy. And I'm going to take you from Ur of the Chaldeans. And he tells him this, these words. These are the first things that God says to Abraham. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's God's word to Abraham. It's an amazing passage, right? Just a minute, Jeff. It's an amazing passage, right? And, and what does Abraham do in response to this word of God? He packs up and leaves. Now, that might sound simple, right? You know, he just calls like the movers. They come, pick up all his stuff, moves off. But moving back then was a big deal. Because what do you think living in his father's, like the area his father lived, meant for him and his family? Comfort, security, right? This, they were your military. They were your police. They were like the judicial system. They were your grocery store. They were your health insurance. They were your retirement plan. They were absolutely everything that we expect and like seek other people to provide for us. They gave, that was how you got everything was through family and a community or a tribe. It was, uh, you got everything from them. And so Abraham is told by God, pack up and leave. Leave your security. Leave behind all those things. The challenge is those benefits don't travel with you. It's not like you can just find a new doctor in the new place. It's not like you can find a new retirement plan. Like you had to just trust that God was going to be absolutely with you and provide for you completely. But Abraham does. In this remarkable thing, this, and it's not like Abraham had a lot of past to look back on. He couldn't like open up to the book of Genesis and say like, oh, look, I see God has done this before and it worked out okay. No, this was the first time. And Abraham, Abraham's like, okay, why not? And he does it. He listens to God and follows him. He stepped out into the world with no history to fall back on. Nothing else to depend upon but God himself. He stepped out into the unknown with nothing but his trust in a God who had called him and promised him a future, a place and a future. And did that, did that fulfillment of that plan come soon? No. 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 So for all these years, Abraham has to wait, trusting that God is going to actually do what he said he was going to do. All these years, he has to trust and wait that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And here he is, 99 years old, and he's still waiting. And what is he waiting for? A child. A child. And when you're 99, are you typically waiting for a child? No. Any of you all planning? No. Right? No. That's probably not in anyone's retirement plans. Right? Wait till I hit 99, have a first child. No. That's crazy. And his wife, too. She probably was not thrilled about that aspect of it. Waiting. Waiting. 
waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled. And our passage tells us, hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead. that resonate with anyone? (laughs) For he was about a 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Abraham trusted when conditions around him would have caused others to lose faith. For good reasons would have caused others to lose faith. He held fast. It says, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That's a remarkable statement, I think. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So you see that interplay between giving glory to God and strengthening the faith, right? That that beautiful exchange, it's like a dance, trusting each other being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. He trusted, even when his eyes told him that he should not trust, even when his body told him that he should not trust, that things were, it's too far gone. There is no hope. Abraham still trusted. This is the faith of Abraham. And it is this faith that made him whole in the eyes of God. It is this faith that made him right. His faith was reckoned to him as righteousness, Paul tells us. His faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. He believed, and through his belief, God made Abraham righteous. Not by anything he did, not by his actions, not because he always told the truth, because he didn't. No. God took Abraham's faith and transformed Abraham's eternal state through it. In the same way, so much later, Paul writes that our faith in Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead will also save us from sin. Not because of what we do, but because of the shed blood of Christ which washes us clean and is accessed through faith. But we, like Abraham, find ourselves waiting on the fulfillment of promises We still wait for the consummation of God's great and glorious plan when all that we see and experience will be in line with his perfection. And is the world completely in line with perfection right now? Anybody see imperfection anywhere? Yeah, it's all around us, right? We live in a beautiful world, a world with so many great blessings, and yet there is so much violence and fear and hatred and discord and shame and hopelessness and brokenness. What do we do in the midst of a world such as this? Well, we live in light of the promises of God, just like Abraham did. We trust that the God who spoke can bring things to pass. Like Abraham, you and I, when we confess faith in Jesus Christ, we pick up our tent and we move away from the land of our past, the land which was governed by our own wills and desires, and we seek to move to a new place, a place where we are governed by the law of God and his call in our hearts. And when we arrive in that place, we seek to create communities of hope and love and trust and peace and joy and mercy We do this. This is what the church is. It's creating this type of, this place of sanctuary 
where all are welcome and all are protected and all are held in the love of God. But we do this great and beautiful work with the knowledge that everything we do will be imperfect. It'll all fall short. I'll tell you, every once in a while, the church will fail. You, I, don't let me shock you. <laughs> right? Sometimes churches don't live up to what we should. Right? You might have experienced this in your life. And it's not right, and it is not good, but that does happen. We live in this world in anticipation that someday God will come back. Jesus Christ himself and set things right. Set things right in this world. And he will give us the new heavens and the new earth where all will be in perfect union with himself. That is what we're waiting for. And that is what we're anticipating. And that is what we're looking forward to. We find ourselves now in this season of Lent, a season of shedding the accumulation of this world on us, right? Uh, kind of like scraping off layers of sediment or uh, calcification on like an old like pipe or fixture, right? Like cleaning it off, getting it clean and prepared for new work. That is what Lent is for us. It provides this opportunity to stop and consider the ways that we are still holding on to the old way of life, to the old world with its old rules, which were ruled by our own passions and desires. It gives us an opportunity to consider how we are serving the Lord and our neighbor and how we're falling short. Now, as I've gotten older, I found waiting has become easier in some sense, right? Because when I wait, it gives me a break. Gives me the opportunity to stop. And sometimes I really enjoy that in this frenetic life to be able to stop and to wait. Sometimes waiting, though, is harder than it was when I was little because I have other options. When I was little, I had no choice but to wait. Right now, if I walk into a place and the line is too long, what can I do? Leave, right? I can just leave. If it's really important, I guess I'll wait. But most of the time, you know, it's like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll come back some other time. Right? Just come back. The challenge is, is that we find ourselves prevent, presented with this need to wait for God. And sometimes I think in our lives, we kind of see the line is too long. We see that God's taken a long time to do what he's going to do, and we kind of just move on to other things. I hope that we'll be like children in this waiting, that we'll remember what it is to have no other option but to wait for God. That we will, with eager anticipation, wait for the Lord to show up and carry out his plan that he promised to us. To carry out his work he said he was going to do. To bring to fulfillment his eternal life and his kingdom and his reign. Because we're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. As we wait, may we be active in serving, in loving, in encouraging, in building up in sacrificing, and sharing, so that we truly are living as though Jesus Christ is coming back right now. Where are we in our waiting with God? Are we patient and faithful, or have we given up and moved on to something else? Like our father of faith, Abraham. We might have to wait for a long time, perhaps longer than we can imagine. But may the Lord give us faith to do this, to hold fast to his plan and his hope, even when fulfillment seems so very far away. May we be people like Abraham, 
who trust and who wait for God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who fulfills your promises. Lord, unlike us who fall short so often, Lord, you do bring to completion what you say you will do. We pray, Lord God, that you give us hearts to trust in you. Lord, in the midst of this busy and crazy world, Lord God, we pray that you give us the ability to stop and to wait. Lord, the grace to trust in you that you will carry out what you say you're going to do. And we pray, Lord God, that while we are waiting, we would be actively engaged in blessing this world, Lord, in seeking to transform uh, brokenness into hope, pain into joy, suffering into life, Lord God. Help us to be faithful in this work. We confess to you, we fall short, we fail in so very many ways. But we ask, Lord God, that you give us grace to endure and to stand fast until the end. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.